this thing. What's wrong with this thing? I think it's busted. Busted. Ladies, gentlemen, those beyond the binary, poets, perverts, explorers of all kinds, Bevi and buttheads, Jags and Jablonskis. Welcome to Bust a Mouth and Q4 Radio. Wait, no, yes, it is indeed Q4 Radio. It is a show about rock and roll, sticking it to the man and your big stupid feelings, streaming around the world every single, well, I mean most Mondays, from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. on Apple Radio, the TuneIn app, 1680 a.m. in Chicago, and of course, QUE4.org. Shots, I'm J.W. Basillo, your host is always. Happy Monday. I hope it's going well for you. You deserve it. Uh, the reason I say, and the reason I caught myself there and said, uh, maybe not Q4 Radio, is that we've been doing, um, we haven't done a show in a while. Uh, this is actually pre-recorded. Um, we're we're doing something a little different. We're, we're kind of running a test to see if it'll work. And, and as you know, as you're all aware, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so this is uh, actually pre-recorded. Don't call the station. There's nowhere there, no one there to uh, to answer. Uh, I've still got some uh, some sweet records, though. Joe Hernandez-Kolsky, Chicago native, uh, now tearing it up all over L.A. He's been on uh, HBO, Gilmore Girls, uh, the college circuit, he, he, all over the place. He can't leave the house. So, you know, we got him. He's stuck. Uh, one of the advantage of one of the advantages uh, to recording via via the internets on Zoom is everyone is available. Uh, if you're not listening live and you're listening uh, wherever podcasts are found, uh, by the way, uh, you could find Busted Mouth wherever podcasts are found. Just search uh, Busted Mouth, B-U-S-T-E-D-M-O-U-T-H, shots. Uh, you'll notice, uh, you'll probably notice no difference, except the audio won't be quite as crisp because uh, it's being recorded on the internet via Zoom, and Zoom does not uh, endorse this show, of course. But but damn, if it hasn't been convenient for folks, I know a lot of people using it. Um it allows us to do this. Uh, I'm in my house. I am sitting here at my in my desk, my home studio, and uh, I'm just about to call with Joe. And then, uh, but it doesn't matter to you. You're listening live. It whatever. It doesn't matter. How you doing? Anyway, how you holding up? It's uh, it's okay to not be okay right now. It's okay to to be doing great. It is. It's okay to not be doing great. It's uh, it's great to to create and to learn and to advance yourself. But it's it's also just fine to do none of that. It's okay to just survive and to exist and to catch up on projects around the house or just catch up on Netflix. If you're not working from home or uh, you're not just doing nothing on furlough and you're forced to go in every day, uh, please be safe. Continue to be safe. If you're one of the brave folks out there working retail, working delivery, etc., thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sincerely, thank you. We need you. And hopefully the the trash bags in power will finally notice and provide adequate compensation and protections going forward. Hey, a boy can dream, can he? But be safe out there. Please take care of yourself. And do you. Literally, do you. Do what you got to do. Try to feel good. How about uh, how about some rock and roll, huh? Everyone enjoys the rock and roll. Uh, our guest even put together the playlist. I let him do it. Uh, we're doing it right now. We're doing it. Let's get it. Rock and roll. Bring me everything here. 
here's the good news or the fun news is that I just took all those tracks you sent me. So I, I, I just it. took I just took your playlist and it is uh, the playlist for the day. I love it. You're DJing in the future. Uh, but I do want to talk because I, I always ask, uh, obviously, Joe Hernandez Kolsky, uh, my friend, uh, actor, poet, uh, writer, comedian, entertainer, et cetera, et cetera, multi-hyphenate like uh, most of the people I know. But you specifically chose uh, a track from the 1975. Yeah. And that was your first. And you know what? I had a feeling that it was going to be the 1975. A couple of years ago, you were like, I just discovered this new band and you got to know <laughs> about I? them. Yeah, you did say this to me. Um, I love so, tell, so tell me why that track. Why'd you choose it? Uh, well, the lyrics just seem to, too too appropriate right now, and it was it's just about not wanting to deal with people. So, and there's uh, the lyrics go a little bit more in depth, but also it just didn't, seemed to fit with the vibe of Busted Mouth from what I from what I know of it. And you you, you tend to go a little harder, uh, and the 1975 tends to be a little bit more retro 80s pop, and so. <laughs> Uh, this song of all their songs felt like the most uh, reflective of the energy of your show. Good. I mean, sometimes, sometimes it's all, it's, it's a little more pop. Sometimes it's a little hard. I don't know. It depends on the mood. You know, it's just, that's the the joys of being a DJ is you can just kind of play the records you want to hear at that moment. Um, I think it's just, yeah, I think it just fits the vibe of right now. (laughs) That's good. That's good. Uh, Do you remember what was the, uh, what was the first album you ever bought with your own money? Kiss self self titled album. The self-titled Kiss album? Yeah. Was it on vinyl or cassette? Oh, it was vinyl. Yeah. Well, I, um, I know you're, you're older than I, but you're not like cr- tremendously older than I. I'm 46. How old are you? Oh, wow. You're te- I'm 36. You're 10 years older than I am. I didn't I'm know 10 that. years older than you, yeah. I thought we were closer in age. Yeah, nope. I just act immature. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I am lucky that I, had, I, still, I do, you know, the, the Hernandezes have some some nice. It might my, my, I don't dye my hair or anything. I think it oh, does wow. help. I think it does help to a degree. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm 46. I'm almost 50. I can't freaking believe it. See, I didn't say the f word. No, that's good. I'm I'm glad you didn't. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've definitely been feeling my age lately because I'm like, well, what if we never leave the house again? Then, yeah. or what if I can't get a job again? I'm waiting. But too I old get the like sense you've always been. I feel like you've always been an old soul. Uh, I've been I've been accused of such things. Like I you mean, were 22, and you were like, "This is ridiculous. Why is everybody doing stupid stuff?" Yeah, I think we met, and I was I think I was 20 about 22 when we met. 23, maybe. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I was I was always, uh, I always wanted to hang out with the adults and sit at the adult table. And I just, I didn't really get along well in high school and other places. So I was, I was always considered, my father said I was born 40, you know, which is good. Um, yeah. yeah, you seem, you seem very timeless to me. Very what? Timeless. You seem timeless. very timeless to me. Timeless. Good. I'm yeah. sorry. We had a, we had a little internet hook, hiccup there. Um, right on. So, hey, so why this, why this Kiss record, man? Why? Of, of I mean, the, for the same reason everybody did, because Kiss was like, you. It, it wasn't about the music; it was about how cool they looked. Um, I was, I, I couldn't have been older than five to seven years old when I got it. Oh wow! So paint me the picture. What you saw them on? You see oh, them on TV? Was, yeah. I mean, probably. I mean, I think I saw the whatever. Didn't they have like an NBC show for a little bit? Like Kiss fights the monsters or whatever maybe um i mean gene simmons man he knows how to market he does not know how to write music but he knows how to market 
my my cousin Tony's going to kill me for that because he's a huge Kiss fan. Um, but uh, yeah, no, the only reason I bought that album was because all four of them were on the cover. And so I didn't want to buy the solo albums. I just wanted all four of them. That's all that mattered. That's fair. And I think pretty, pretty quickly, pretty quickly, I was not a fan, but I, I, <laughs> I really, really wasn't. But I, and I was still too young. I fell in love with Olivia Newton-John and Greece and all of like her music probably. And then like, but then when I came of age, I became, I was a metalhead. I grew up you know, back to Chicago when I was nine. We, I was born in Chicago till I was four. And then we lived in South Bend, Indiana for five years. And then, yeah, then we moved back and Bart Goldwyn and Giannis Osis were these two kids who were a year older than me and they were metalheads. Huge Maiden, huge Maiden fans. And uh, so I started falling in love with metal and Shout at the Devil was like, a that, that <laughs> yeah, was like, sure. that was the end all be all. And, uh, and I, be, I became a big van halen fan that's when i became a big van halen fan and i remember hearing fair warning and i remember hearing david lee roth say the f-bomb and that was just the craziest thing ever to me like, yeah when you blew my mind when you hear people on t when you see people on tv or hear people on the radio even to this day like when i see uh when i hear um like not oprah but someone like that curse you know off like obviously off air that kind of thing you're just like oh my yeah. god they're Oh, they're adults. They're human beings. It's easy to, it's easy to forget. Yeah. I, 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 I think, I mean, Van Halen is, yeah, they became, I mean, they start, they, they've all always been like, if you put it, you don't even have to put a gun in my head. All time favorite band is them. They're, they're my all time favorite. Van Halen. Band. And, so yeah, I know their catalog forward and backwards. So you're uh, so you're not, you're not anti, anti uh, Sammy Hagar. It's really interesting for me, if I ever listen to any of the hate, like, so, I mean, I was a, I mean, I was a young kid when Hagar took over. So, and I was also this, you know, I, I really thought I was going to end racism by the time I was, you know, 23 or whatever. How'd it go? Like, it hasn't really worked out. <laughs> it's gotten worse. It's gotten worse. It really has. Um, I don't know if it's gotten worse. Uh, that's a conversation to be had. The, sure. What the, the reality is everybody's got cameras now. Everybody's got cameras now. So everything that was hiding in the shadows for many, many years. And, You're right. Uh, yeah. I, I can't really speak to what black America was experiencing, but I do have a feeling that what we're seeing is what they've been complaining about for generations. Oh, and of course. Yeah. Now we're just finally seeing it. And so, but, uh, but I, but I was so young and aspiring to change the world. Sammy Hagar spoke to that for me. Like he was like, his lyrics were positive and David Lee Ross were dark and guttural. And I was like, Sammy, this is great. You know, and I loved it. And now that I'm older to it, but I listened to the DLR material for just, just the grimy funk that he brought to that. Sure. Yeah. Band. Well, and I mean, as a singer and as a musician, like you can, you can be disappointed that, that, that Diamond David wasn't with the band anymore, but you can't, you can't say Sammy Hagar was a poor musician or a poor singer or made, uh, made the band worse. Objectively. That's not, that's not possible. 
No, but it's funny. It just it was just a different energy. And at the time, as a kid, I loved it. And now as an adult, I'm like, no, give me dirty movies any, sure. time, any day of the week. You still yeah. there? Um, Sorry, yeah, you're, you're blipping a little bit. Is that, is that on my end? I don't know if it's me or you. That's the thing with the internet. It could be me. <laughs> I have not had any issues, so it, it might be you. I don't know what your upload or what your connection is or if you're having any issues. But, oh, I mean, overall, it's not a big deal. Let's not worry about it. You've been, right, you've been worrying all day. Because you, uh, I want to talk about this. You've been doing – so you do a, you do a show with, with Joshua Silverstein. Yep. Uh, and you are now doing a show, a daily show. So it's the were you I'm walking doing through this? So, and I struggle with it, and I'm open to your thoughts and advice on it. Like, so we're doing, you know, a daily show, and it's so every day at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we are doing roughly a 30 to 40 minute show. He and I have over eight hours of material that we've written at this point. So. He and I get together at two o'clock. Yeah. Well, so we, um, we've done, we've done five full hour shows over the past, God knows how many years, like seven to eight years or so. And then we did, we just finished a residency at Sacred Fools Theater where we did a brand new show every month. So we were doing about 30 to 40 minutes of new material once a month. So it just was, it was a freaking grind. And, um, but we came up with a lot of stuff and it's so, so now we have so much material that we just sit down around two o'clock and we go, you know, well, let's do, oh, why don't we do this today? And so we pull out two pieces that we want to work that day and we want to do, and then we have a musical guest. You are welcome to come be our musical guest, obviously. Maybe one or we could, we could totally do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then they do one or two songs and a brief interview and uh his son ami does lesson with a lesson with ami and ami is a 12 year old child prodigy who will break down some major scientific facts (laughs) in five minutes it's amazing the words that come out of this kid's mouth and he's very excited about it and then that's it and before we know it that's a that's a 30 to 40 minute show that's impressive our goal would be like yeah and well what's and what's challenging fascinating fun about what it is we do we have a lot of raps we have a lot of raps so i play the music on my end i have to hear him in my head and or i have to i have to follow his beat and i have to reply on beat but he is still replying five seconds later so i'm hearing him in my, in, you know, I'm replying to him while I'm still hearing him. <laughs> it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. And just for clarity, but, and I mean, it's, it's a challenge. So I, yeah, clearly, I mean, but just for clarity, the show itself is, <clears throat> excuse me, the show is, um, you do it via what, via zoom, via Skype, something like that. Like it's not, you're not in the same room. No. So I'm on a zoom camera and he's then in his garage. And then, so then he's got a camera that goes to Instagram. So you're watching him live, and uh, and I'm on a monitor next to him. So, gotcha. I mean, okay. we're both live, but you know what I'm gotcha. saying. Yeah, I mean, so. I've I've done I've done a bunch of uh, uh, two two voice work via you know whether that was poetry slam or whether that was uh, comedy or or you know obviously music and things like that. It, you and Joshua have been working together for a really long time, but you've also like you mentioned doing you have five 
hours of material between the two. But I mean, together, not just between the two, together. Yeah, that's our that's our material together. We have about we have eight, eight hours. We have done we've done five full fringe shows, which were each an hour long, and then yeah, I think five of those, and then we did this residency in months uh, of roughly thirty. 30 minutes of material. So then you divide that and, you know, or so, yeah, so we have a lot and that's just our material. So then yes, he and I have our individual material as well. So, oh man, it says your internet connection is unstable. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting that impression on my end. <clears throat> I can always edit. That's a great thing. I mean, I can repeat something and um, I can, also switch to see if the 5g is something i'm on yeah. the 2.4g oh yeah you're gonna want to be on the 5g does that make a difference yes yes big time okay. if you're able to switch i could we could also you could we could pause it <laughs> yeah i'm backlit so i have this like this my desk lamp here which can get real bright if i want to uh, mm -hmm. do a dick tracy scene or something and mm -hmm. then uh there's like and then there's one of these one of these fucking ring lights if i really want to get fancy but i can't nice. i look at the smallest thing i can i look as small as possible is what i try to do the smallest yeah. version of me mm -hmm. um all right so let me back it up let me just back it up and we'll answer this again um so five so five hours of material is is obviously a lot and you've done a lot of shows together i mean clearly but the how did you start working together? Like, what was the what was the impetus there to make this a two voice? Because you both were relatively successful on your own. Like, you both had work, right? We yeah, we just um, we just met through the poetry scene, and it just seemed to work. And um, can you hear my roommate? A little bit, no. but not not a big deal. Okay, he's just really fucking loud, and it's driving me crazy. And we we're we're caught up in this caught up in this quarantine and i'm like you don't need to project that loud you're on a phone <laughs> like you don't homie you, you you talk like he's in a concert um my uh my downstairs it, landlord is like that and he is just loud as hell all day every day it's just yeah there's no way around it and you can't just tell him hey man you're he's your landlord so that's the thing yeah just be like hey <sighs> if you could if you could just not you could you can go in and out of doors without slamming them. I don't know if you knew that. You can go up and down stairs without running. I don't know if you knew that. And uh, you don't have to yell. Like you can you can walk into the room and talk to your wife. You don't have to scream from the other side of the building. You know things like oh. that. But he's and just one of those it. dudes. Constantly you can hear it all. Constantly. He's just a loud dude, and that's just you know. Then again, like he never gives me a hard time about um, you know making playing music and stuff like that. So it's well, kind of like thing. Eh, catch a sketch. I also don't know what an asshole I am. So. Excuse me. <laughs> you're you're fine. <laughs> you know, I don't know how how bad of a person. You know, how loud am I? You know, especially when I do the show and everything. Um, it's just very distracting for me. Um, so I Joshua and I, and maybe you know, we can find a time maybe for he and I to come back or something. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. I mean, I'm doing at least a few a week, so whatever. We'll see what happens. Um, I mean, he and I, yeah, he and I worked separately for many years. And then he and I were brought together for a comedy festival and uh, with two other women. And the four of us did a show together. And he and I just had a, a certain chemistry that really worked. And then I was uh, approached, my manager at the time 
knew a guy who ran a theater, a comedy theater, and they were looking, they were just looking for, to bring in programming. Sure. And yeah. So, and so I said, Oh, I've always wanted, I, I had started writing a lot of two person material, just scenes and stuff versus mm-hmm. poems. And, and I was like, Oh, I wonder if Josh would be interested in this. And so we put together our first hour long show in 2008 called so fresh and so clean. And that was originally the name of our comedy duo was so fresh and so clean. And then it just kind of got confusing as to what that was. So Mm -hmm. now we just call it our first show. And then then we were Pocho Joe and Silverstein for our web series. And, um, and then that was a little too difficult. So he he likes Joe and Joshua. I personally found it a little too bland, but it's easy for people to remember. So yeah, yeah. I mean, when I was working with Sully, when we uh, ended up being, we ended up going with Beard Fight, um, which was, you know, funny or whatever. It was That's before funny. The, it was before, well, it was before beards be, were what they are now. It was before everybody <laughs> had a beard. So like, you know, we yeah. were like, yeah, these guys had beards. Um, so we were Beard Fight, but we were like, what if we're, like, can we, let's just be, let's just be Sully and Baz and just be done with it. Like, you know, at some point it was like, I, we, I like that too. We've gone through 15, 15 different names, but anyway, we ended up Beard Fight. Um, Anyway, okay. So you've been so you're working on the show. Uh, you're putting this thing out every single day. That's got to obviously make you make you a little bit nuts. Um, but you know, you got a loud roommate. You're working on the show. What what the hell else are you doing during the day? I know you were the first guy I saw jump on social media and be like, "Hey, we we're gonna dance every day or whatever." It was. <laughs> that the first came, person that, I saw, I gave that a shot. That just um that just came naturally. And I'm gonna I'm actually gonna maybe tell. I'm going to record a, I did the story I just did for Scott's show. I was like, Oh, I think I'm going to like, I'll record this and have and put it up as a piece. It was really interesting that I was just cleaning and James Brown came on and I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. shoot a little video. It's fun. And people really responded to it. And, and then my buddy messaged me and was like, why isn't there an eight by 10 photo of me? on your wall. I'm disappointed. And so I decided to go on his Facebook and I printed up one of his photos and I went to look to frame it. And I have a frame, um, that, um, and I'll, uh, this is too much of another story, but like, so that's a photo of my mom and my director of my first solo show. And my mom has duct tape over her mouth because (laughs) he was telling her the night before uh, at the solo show performance, he was saying, Cindy, you're a little too loud in the audience. You need to, I, I know you're proud of your son, but you need to lower your voice a little bit. So she showed up the next day with duct tape on her mouth because that's what my mom does. And, <laughs> uh, and so I took that, that frame. Um, all right. Um, now he's telling me that he can hear my voice too. All right. Anyway, I'm confused. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Who? Your roommate? Yeah. Why did he hear you talking about him? Well, no. I mean, I just asked, I texted him asking him if he. Was oh, got it. He said he could hear you too. All right. Yeah. Um. So, um. So my mom. Blah, blah, blah. So. Anyway, so I have this photo, and I I needed a frame to do this practical joke on my buddy, and I pulled the. I pulled the photo out of this frame and there's a note that I had put back there from my mom oh, wow. that I didn't, that I did not know I still had. And so now that my mom has been, you know, passed away for 10 years now coming across this note and the note literally says, 
And this is right after I got done dancing and scrubbing my kitchen floors. Mm. My, the note says, I'm just checking in on you. I haven't talked to you. Just remember to keep yourself healthy physically, emotionally. If you need to just dance, uh, just scrub your kitchen floors, whatever you need to do to get it all out. Just let it out. And it's just like freaking crazy. Wow. That's insane. Um, So, yeah. So I was like, that's, that's just, yeah, it's crazy. That's a lot. But that's what the quarantine brings out. (laughs) Dude, that Stephanie Douglas interview was crazy to me. Oh, why so? Because it was pre-quarantine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You guys are talking like you're going to go to spring training and everything. Yeah. Well, what was funny was we recorded that interview on Monday. And then on Wednesday of that week, I, I took off to go to spring training. I took off. Uh, Liverpool was in, it was in uh, the UCL, which did, if that doesn't mean anything to you, it doesn't. Um, but they were in this thing. I can't. So I have to turn off the game. I, I can't check in on the game anymore. They're, you know, in the, in the latter half of the game. But I got to take off because we're taking off, right? So I, cl- I, I close my phone. I take off, whatever it is. We land. I assume it's over. My brother-in-law is also on the flight, but he's a little, little in front of me. As we get off the plane, he goes, he's like, dude, the world ended while we were in the air. And I was like, wow. it's not, well, I was like, oh, did they, did, did Liverpool lose was my first thought. <laughs> or I had, or I had just checked or no, no, no. I had just checked and I was like, ah, it's not that big a deal. They won last year. We can deal with it. And he's like, no, man, like, look at your phone. And I look and while, literally while I was in the air, the NBA closed MLB, like everything. Oh, yeah. In that the was three the hours I was in the air. It was in, it was just, it was nuts. And where were we, you then? Uh, I was in, I had just landed in Phoenix yeah, at Sky Harbor and um, it was like, oh, okay, well, I guess this is what's happening now. And then we went to, went to tailgate at like eight o'clock in the morning the next day. Cause my father's that way. And uh, <laughs> sure enough, like they're like, we thought, we thought we weren't going to see anything cause it was raining. So we're like, well, Phoenix is, it's, there's been a lot of rain. So they'll probably, we may not be able to tailgate because all the grass parking lots are going to be overflow. And I know that we're all really worried about the rain. And the thing was, it wasn't the rain at all. We, we got in there and we just, they wouldn't even, they closed all the ballparks and everyone is just, wow. everyone so went down there. Yeah. Because we didn't know because at that point in time, they hadn't announced anything. It was eight o'clock in the morning and they hadn't announced anything. We get there, we get to the, to the park and they just turned everybody around. It was like, Oh, is it flood? And then it's like, Nope. Like literally as we're getting to the park, that's when everybody's push notifications are blowing up and they're like, all games are canceled indefinitely. And it was like, Oh, we're, well, this is different. Wow. Uh, meanwhile, like, you know, Renee's on the other side of the country. She's about to, where was she, she, she was driving across country with her, she was driving across country with her family to go on a ski trip. So she was like leaving. It was just like, Oh, I just want to go home now. But then all the flights are crazy. They start making, they make the declaration that anybody can change flights. So we get on as soon as possible. I really just wanted to turn around and go home. I didn't, I didn't want to be somewhere else. Um, obviously, but you know, it was before so the social distancing thing had started. So people like that was just starting. It was oh, yeah. we just starting to talk about it. But we were really concerned about not being able to get home. We were really concerned about a lot of things. And, and I just wanted to go home. But then it was like, well, or you stay here. And so whatever. I don't Wait, know. So what did you do? I, I stayed there for a couple of days. And then I got in and then I, I made the flight. I just took my, my regular Saturday flight back. It was a little weird. Um, it was about half full because everyone had changed. Um, and I landed and then I just spent a week here before Renee even got back. So she was just like, hi, I'm calling from the middle of nowhere, New Mexico. Hope 
no one's dead. I was like, yep. oh my gosh. Me too. So it was a lot. Um, so I started, I started uh, social distancing the quarantine on that whatever Sunday of that same week. And then, so I was about 10 days ahead of everybody. So I'd been, I was going a little stir crazy when everyone started to go a little stir crazy. So I'm a, I was a little bit ahead. Yeah. yeah um, we st- I mean, we, yeah, we started, well, the 12th. The 12th was the, it was the day of our show. And our show was the first show of the calendar, the Sacred Fools Theater calendar where we had our residency um we were the first show so Mm. we we were we were on the chopping block so like it was that morning of the 12th that everything the city just guilt garcetti just called it and so it happened overnight the 11th to the 12th and so i called the 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 director of the the artistic director of the theater company and was like, dude, you know, <laughs> you knew I was you're gonna get a call from me. Like we're I'm I'm heading over to the theater now. Like you need to you need to let me know what's going on. Hmm. And he was like, we're making an announcement in the next hour, but don't. As of right yeah, now, probably yeah. you're not. And so like within that hour, around twelve or one o'clock on on the twelfth, we got the the email we had an email saying unfortunately the theater has decided to close and so we were like oh well and the funny thing is at that moment i was like well we got our show ready for next month so (laughs) i was like oh we'll just we'll just push it a month and then we'll be ready for for the second thursday in april yeah and here we are (laughs) <laughs> I was in a similar similar boat, right? I was thinking, um, my because my birthday's the end of the month. I was going to do this big show where I was going to do all this new material, and so I went, okay, cool. Well, at least I have a couple weeks to be home and work on this new material, and then <laughs> I was going to do an hour of new, entirely new material, and I wasn't quite up to date. I was like, I really got to put in some some hours on this focus to make sure that I do a good hour. And uh, sure enough, it was just like, oh, uh, we're canceling everything for the month, and I was like, eh, okay, well, here we are. I mean, it's yeah. weird. We keep, you know, we keep coming back to it. It's, it, you, you want to talk about other stuff, but everyone just, it's it just, it's the thing that's on everybody's mind. It's a major pandemic. It's for ob- unlike yeah. anything we've ever reasons. experienced. But I mean, I'll hell, I'll talk about myself forever so we can keep talking. About no, we could, too. no, no. I, I want the, I want the conversation to go where it goes. But again, like I, I've got a certain, <laughs> I have a certain rhythm in the studio. Like I know what I'm doing. I know how to connect. I know where to look at. We're in the same room. And like, I, it's really an energy thing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's really a, a big pass where I go, I know a couple things I want to talk about, but I try to make it as organic a conversation as possible. Thing is when you're in uh, the situation where we are here, we're like, you know, we're, we're talking to each other on literally opposite sides of the country. And, uh, you know, you're, it's, it's just different. It's a, it's just, it, everything about this is nothing about this is normal, obviously, but the show is off also a little bit odd too. Um, are you noticing, does it feel in your show? Does it feel wrong? Does it feel stilted? Does it feel like it's off or does it, you know? Well, I mean, the thing that I'm, I mean, the thing, the thing that I'm struggling with is, and, and I'm, I'm going to record this piece with my, with my mom's tips of advice or whatever Mm. and she says just like one of the things she says is just be still and just listen and i really believe like i started i took a viewpoints class when i studied at school at steppenwolf about five years ago six years ago now and that class was really one of the it was it was that whole program was amazing for me but one of the things that you know it teaches you viewpoints teaches you about awareness with others 
and really being present in the moment. And very often when we would start our exercise and viewpoints is a, it's a physical based uh, uh, toolkit for, for acting. So view to, to give a very brief introduction for those who are not familiar viewpoints is nine basic movements and it helps you be aware. Uh, it's a way to just be more present in your acting. So it, it's about spatial relationship with the other actor. You know, when, when you see two people on the street and they're in each other's face, that immediately creates emotion. You're driving by and you're like, oh man, something's going on yeah. there. You know, or if you see somebody just take off at top speed and just start running, it creates something emotionally in you. Sure. And and so one of the things that I would find myself doing is just stopping because, you know, when they would say at the beginning of the lesson, you may begin, or he would say, you've already begun, people would immediately start moving. And sometimes you choose to not move and just, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just be there for a second. And, and, and I use it in my every day. Now I can feel when I am, caught up in the rush and like I'm grabbing my my grocery cart at Trader Joe's and I'm trying to cut past somebody or whatever just I just stop I let everybody move around me and then I and then I re-engage and it's just a way for me to stay as present as I can and not be that a-hole who, you know, like when people try to cut past people at parties mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they like, and they're just trying to squeeze by and they bump you and you, and somebody thinks like, what, an, like, what a rude person that they're like, they don't know how to say, excuse me. It's because they're trying not to like, they don't think, they don't want to interrupt you. And so, so often like what comes across is like when they, you know, meanness or whatever, it's just them not really respecting their own their own presence in the world. So uh, the thing that I'm struggling with right now is, is how much voice do I really need right now? Like, where do we, where does the world really just need a little bit of breath and a little bit of sure, space? Yeah, yeah. And so I, I'm struggling with doing this show every day. Hmm. Joshua loves it and he wants to keep moving forward with it. And I'm also struggling with where, where should we be doing it? You know, we have a lot of people on Facebook, but Instagram appears to be the place to be. And that's sure. where we're trying to gain followers. Sure. Sure. And I just, I struggle with the idea of chasing followers. There's something that makes no sense about that to me. So I want to continue to do things organically. Um, one of the things that I love about our relationship is he does push me outside of my comfort zone. He does see things differently for me. That really is what brings some rich dynamics to what we do. And, but yeah, I just, how much do I just want to be moving forward in my own material and, and writing stuff that is something bigger versus just, just, I don't want to stay active just to stay active. I don't, that hmm. just doesn't feel very genuine to me. Now sure. in the same breath, you know, when we do do these pieces, these pieces are fun. And like, I think they, there's something to be, I think we're saying something. So I just, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm just, just trying to, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just, I'm curious, you know, I, I want to know how you feel about it. I mean, right now everybody is from, 
the biggest celebrity down to the worst comedian you've ever seen. Like everybody is just struggling to find their space for content right now. And they're struggling to find a space for audience. And, and I think that um, it, it, it doesn't seem to be any easier. It doesn't seem like uh, it doesn't seem like finding an audience is any easier now that everybody is, is mining the same pool. Of course it could be argued. It could be, and I'm mixing a metaphor there, but like, of course it could be argued that everybody's been mining the same everything forever, but now there's one lane, like there's one highway and, every, and everybody's on it, you know? Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I think it's great. Uh, I think for a lot of us, like we just don't know what to do. I, I would yeah. love I would it's, love to yeah. sit around and just watch Netflix for uh, for a year. But the thing was, I, I did that for a week before Renee got back and I went, oh, I, I've been six for six days. I don't know what day it is. Like I just, I was, I fell off the deep end. So now she's back, she's working from home and I want to be productive and whatever. So like, I can't work, you know, I, I can't. I can't do shows. I can't teach. I can't, uh, I, I'm, and, you know, I can't work in a restaurant. I can't work in a bar. I can't do any of that. So I'm just stuck. So I'm just trying to keep myself busy so I don't go a little nuts, but more than anything. So I don't make her crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I get I'm, that. I'm in that. I mean, that's, and that's to me, it's like, well, and that's the exciting part of it, which is you and I are having this opportunity now, which we would not have, had. Of course, yeah. We wouldn't have created this moment. I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, maybe we would have because you had the podcast, but I don't, I don't know if we would have. I, I you know, You're would right. you have, would you have thought to say, hey, instead of trying to catch up over the phone, let's just do, let's do a podcast. And the great thing is, like, we've been able to recruit musicians, sure, yeah, to be our special guests from all over the place, and we've, we've never had that before and i just got done doing scott whitehair's storytelling event in chicago which i didn't know which which is a mile away from me and i didn't know it was even going on you know like that. (laughs) it's there he's doing i guess he's doing it once a month or something it's definitely worth you know it's fun it's a it's a great little oh i know that i know the show 37 people oh yeah yeah i've done the show uh, quite a few times and scott's done scott's on this show um i know scott well but the i I didn't know he was doing uh i didn't know he was doing anything online it's just everyone's doing an online show and it's it's hard to even find out about it even if you're on the mailing list it's hard to find out about right now um I, I'm glad that people are, are continuing to, to focus and, and work. I, I'm, I'm, I didn't even know up until recently that up until I, I started researching it uh, four days ago, I didn't even realize that we could do these remotely because there wasn't anything that, because I, I've tried to do uh, audio interviews and stuff like that on Skype and whatever, and the audio is never good, but the audio and zoom, apparently they just, they is, it's been upgraded. So it's, I guess it's working. So, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even thought to, be able to do this but now i know that i could do the podcast do the show do the live show uh with my friends all over the world now not knowing and for some reason like i just never thought to do it before it was just like well if you can't be here on monday at well, noon it's not worth it that's the crazy thing is like this technology has been available to us for god knows how long sure. we just it definitely feels like that uh, closing moment in the movie the cable guy when the when the cable goes out and everybody like turns and looks at their book and goes oh look a book and this is kind of you know we have like i've been trying to facetime with tinder dates for freaking years now Mm. and they don't want to do it and i'm like i don't have 
I don't have the time to have coffee with some of my dearest best friends. Sure. I have had some witty repartee with you via text. And now you want to go have coffee in Glendale at four o'clock on a Tuesday, which is an hour journey for me or whatever. Like, sure. Yeah. Let's, let's just, let's just FaceTime. And I've been a big fan of this for like a while. And people are like, no, it makes me uncomfortable. I'm like, well, hopefully this will now break that ice down. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Like, how am I supposed to do an interview when I can see myself? You know, because so much of like what I do with an interview is like I, I sit really close and I make uh, strong eye contact, which is something I don't do uh, in mm -hmm. normal life. Like I, I, it really is a different world for me in that studio. So it, it allows me to flex different muscles and or exercise different muscles, try different things out. And um, it, it after a few weeks, like I, I was realizing that sh like I really I really need this. Like it's, it's actually important to me to do the show, even though it's sometimes it's a slog and everything can be a drag, of course, but like it really, I need it. And even right now, like when I'm listening to you, I'm trying to look at your face, but I'm also trying to look at the camera on the laptop. So I feel like I'm making eye contact with you. Do you know what exactly. I mean? Well, that's the interesting thing is looking, I'm looking at you and now I'm looking, Looking now I'm you. looking right now at I'm you. At yeah. you. It, now I'm looking uh, at you. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I don't. I, yeah, I've. I don't do that unless we're doing the show. If we're doing the show, then I look at the to lens. Yeah. You got You got You should watch at some point because there is some fun. There is some funness that we've been able to create, which is, I my doorknob on my in my room is him, like he is always he's perfectly he's usually standing right there like we on the first oh, sure. day yeah. on the first day we we when we were setting it up i was like so where is how did you know how's this how's this there and they're like there he is and i'm like all right good that's my doorknob Just and so doorknob. Now, now when i talk to him it looks like i'm looking at him but i'm mm -hmm. looking and so and i've had to explain to our musical guests i'm going to be talking to you like this and look, i'm going to be looking to the left <laughs> I'm not looking at you in the zoom camera because on the screen you're too, you're always, you're, you're always on the right. And so I'll be talking, <laughs> looking, I'm looking off camera and you know, it's very funny. No, it but is, it's, but it works. It works. When I watch, when I watch it back, I, it actually works. It's a whole I've, new, it's a whole new freaking world. I've seen the, uh, I've seen the stills. Yeah. Um, and it looks good. Like it looks good. Uh, we usually generally you do it at what? Four o'clock. Six o'clock is usually when we do six o'clock your time. Six o'clock is generally when we do dinner in this house yeah. right now, because we're, uh, Renee, I, I think I said this in the last episode, but like Renee, uh, started referring to it immediately when she got home as the international space station. Like, look, we can't leave. We're stuck in this together. Oh, we, have yeah, a job, yeah, yeah. we have a job to do. Um, I, she has I, still, she still has a job. That's great. Yeah, like she's got like a legit job. They, and she's That's able to do so it. Good. Most of what she does is is research design. So she works with people that she she does research and does interviews like this. And so like this is not an uncommon thing for her. Like she uses this all the time. Um, That's so good. now now she just doesn't have to go into the conference room for meetings. She just does them here, and then she just meets with client, talks to clients, and and interview subjects God, and things like that. That's so yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, it, it, it pays to be a smart person that works hard at stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, hey, I'm curious. Uh, we talk about like, we talk about LA, we talk about Chicago so much on the show. Like, and obviously there's, there's got, there's part of you that misses Chicago, but do you feel like you're, do you feel like you're more LA than Chicago now? Cause you've been I'll out never, for a while, man. Yeah, I have been, but I'll never feel more LA than Chicago. It's just, I, it just won't. I just never will. Um, 
I, I mean, I, it's such a hard love-hate relationship that I have with this damn city. Um, all these years later, 23 years, and, um, but, I don't know. I mean, I have a feeling that I, I have a feeling I romanticize Chicago because if I went back, I probably, I probably struggle. There's, there is a lot of opportunity that is, that is available here. And so the, the goal really is to continue just taking advantage of what is in this city. If, if I don't take advantage of it, there's really no purpose in me being here. Of course. So, So I either have to continue to commit and do the work what the hell am I doing here? So, you know, like I have, I'm at a point now, which is wonderful, which is I have enough relationships with who was somebody was talking about somebody they like really respected. And I'm like, I know all the, I know, you know, I know these people now, but now it's a matter of just, yeah, just keep doing the work. Like I, I have some wonderful writing things that are that are hopefully available to me right now and performance stuff um still even with in the middle of this quarantine um and that wouldn't have been available to me in chicago so although but even that is changing you know everybody every so much of stuff is online but yeah i don't know i continue to struggle with it i mean i there are a lot of things I love about LA and I had a wonderful conversation the other night with a, a friend who was explaining that like, she didn't really have that, those met that many people to lean on in a difficult time. And all I could think is like, I got, I have a vast web of people hmm. I could turn to if I needed to. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm very lucky in that way. I'm a people whore. So when you're a people whore, one of the pros to it is you, you have a lot of people you can ideally rely on if you needed to. Yeah. And I wasn't going to say people whore, but you're certainly a people person. You're definitely an extrovert. You know, you, I, I yeah, I was listening to the, that in your, in your, what you're talking about with, was it with Stephanie or prior to Stephanie? Like, I don't, I, don't I, remember. I, don't know. I still, I'm still fascinated by it introvert versus extrovert because sure sure i don't know how much of it is like i've had to make very specific choices throughout my life where i had to like no you need to learn how to do this you need to learn how to introduce yourself in awkward situations but there are moments that i'm like i'm the freaking worst and i'm just like you know, well, being you an see, extrovert doesn't necessarily mean you have social skills. I mean, being an extrovert just means that like you, 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 you pull energy from being around people. Like that's how you recharge your batteries. May, I, maybe think that's we all have, I think we all have extroverted moments and introverted moments. It's, I it's, think you're absolutely right. You know, like people talk about confident people or insecure. I'm like, we all have moments of it. Of course. Um, but yeah. But if you had, if you, but if you did, why do I keep talking about putting a gun? If you put a gun to my head, yeah, I'm an extra, I'm an extrovert. I'm, I'm easily an extrovert. I love, I, I love people. Sure. Um, I don't like people necessarily, but I love people. And I, and um, I understand, and I understand what you're saying there. And I, and that makes sense. You know, I mean, there's, I don't know, man, there's, it's, it's, it's a spectrum. Everything's a spectrum, isn't it? Uh, but it even is. like, you know, yeah. sexuality spectrum, like all this stuff is a spectrum, but I think there are people that fall more on one side or the other. Now, the tricky thing when you come into it is like with performers, um, I need 
people's validation. Like there's nothing I love more than being in front of a group of people entertaining that group of people. There's literally nothing I want more in the world than that. But I don't want to talk to them after the show. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. What do I, I mean, I, yeah, I think I, what I yearn for always is that, that connection that that just, when the room is just connected and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and you, you did a wonderful job doing that at the mill, you know, and it was such a wonderful energy that like, it was always great to be a part of it. And I still remember, I think, uh, I still remember Marty coming up to me, Marty McConnell coming up to me after I did a piece called wake the masses that she was hating. And then she realized (laughs) that I, and she realized that I flipped it and she was like, God dang it. That was, she liked it. Cause it, you know, it's the, it's a, it's a poem where I come off as a, self-involved mm-hmm. narcissistic slam poet and then i i get a letter halfway through my poem saying <laughs> chill out the people do not need you to talk on our behalf anymore <laughs> we're doing sure, quite yeah, fine yeah. so yeah i mean i love those moments i love you know anytime we can change energy it's why i love horror movies i love horror movies the fact that you have me scared and nothing nothing has happened but a bunch of images on a screen and i'm now scared that there might possibly be a human, a human being in my closet like that's powerful sure is <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what horror movies do you like like what are you watching right now or what have you watched um, recently um let me uh, well i still have to watch midsummer i've been me holding too. off it's on, on my, that it's been on my list forever but i'm afraid i'm gonna be i, I have to be prepared hurting. yeah i have to be prepared i love i love the uh i love comedy horror horror comedies i love the uh, happy death day the mm. first and the second those are really really good they're actually very smart they look like such teen pop horror fair but they're actually really good and of course i love shauna the dead um i love tucker uh, Tucker and dale versus evil that's a really good one i really like that one a lot um what did i watch um i love the filmmakers who made hush i think it's called hush it's the the, the deaf deaf woman yep Yep. it's the same people who did the house on uh, the the haunting of hill house did you ever watch that no, watch that. I'm, that I'm series. familiar with it, but I've not seen it. That series is so good. Uh, so yeah, but I'm not. So, I'm not really into the gore. Um, yeah, that's, that was going to be my next question. Like, some people are really into the suspense of things. Some people are into the more Hitchcocky, and I don't actually want to see it. I just want to feel it. And then there's some yeah. folks that are like, no, no, I want to watch somebody's scalp get ripped off. Like, I'm no. The the harshest I've been watching lately is I forget the filmmaker's name, but I watched. Uh, he wa- Oh, he made a. Uh, bone tomahawk which is what <laughs> it's with kurt russell and richard jenkins and it's oh, so okay. good and it's surprisingly good it's it's freaking it's pretty gory yeah. it's about these indian cannibals back in the day Holy and God. uh or cannibal indians i guess is the way you'd say it and then i watched a uh, uh, brawl on cell block 99 which is another one of his films and they're really dark and they're really brutal but they're they're really good <laughs> i i'm not i was never really a horror movie guy but i fell into one um accidentally I, a few weeks ago and this would have been before renee got home like uh it was it's called the collector uh it's a small like indie have you seen it no uh, but that's the one it's like the back of his head or yeah, something yeah yeah like yeah that. yeah yeah. It's, oh, is that um, good? I've always, that's one of those I've always. Really? Yeah. Yeah. 
it was good. The thing was, it's not my jam. Like it's a horror type and it's generally not my, or it's a gory type. It's generally not my thing. But when I was in this moment of like two days, three days into the first part of the quarantine, feeling kind of ridiculous, uh, not sure what the hell is happening in the world, feeling terrified. It was really nice to take all of my anxiety and just stick it in this horror movie in this like just brutal graphic smart though, like well done. Oh, like, okay. Ugh, all right. Ugh. I just re- wrote it down. Yeah, it was, oh, it's, it's worth checking out. out if you're into that sort of thing. Um, but it was really nice to be able to have, like, just let, let these horror movie types, just let these characters hold my anxiety for me for a little bit. Yeah. You know, just like, uh, I'm done freaking out. You have this. Nice. Yeah, I like the uh, Justin Salmier or something. He, the, he, there are these, there's this crew of filmmakers that all work together, and I just want to be a fly on their wall. What's his name? Making something. Um, they made Blue Ruin. They made mm. the green room. Oh, green um, room is good. Yeah. So those, those guys, they all, I don't know what their thing is, but they all work together. I dig what they do. So are you, uh, are you, yeah, you do a bunch of stuff, right? Let's just to, to make I've this tried kind to, of I've tried question. to make my, I've tried to start saying I'm a performer. That's you are. I yeah. I just started using writer performer a few years ago, but now like we say writer performer, but I also play guitar. It's like, yeah, I'm a musician. Eh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm a it's performer. A, yeah. You're a performer. I mean, but you've spent, uh, you've obviously done, you did, uh, you did HBO and Gilmore girls. You've done a bunch of spots. You do the college circuits. You do a lot of live performance, obviously mm-hmm. Joe and Joshua and all that kind of stuff. Are you spending, how much time are you in effort? Are you putting into film? Is that something you want to spend more time doing? Well, so I'm in a, uh, well, I'm still, I'm, I mean, I'm still doing auditions all the time. I'm okay, still, that's what, yeah, it's basically what I'm asking. I'm still monitoring breakdowns, which is still a, it's, I need to continue to do that work because anytime I monitor breakdowns, I, it, it gets me somewhere. So for those who don't, no, yeah, we will you about. walk us through? Can I ask you some very ignorant questions about this? Yeah, because sure. Because you got to keep in mind, like when we talk about theater stuff in Chicago, everybody knows because everyone goes to sure. plays in Chicago. But like, no one really understands the behind the scenes of how TV and movies get made necessarily here. Do you know? Does that yeah. So, I mean, and that's you know, that's yeah. So breakdowns are you know, it's the website where every casting director posts what they're looking for. Gotcha. And so you know, you have to keep your eyes, it's keeping your finger on the pulse of what's being cast. And so most actors, a lot of us don't even have access to them, but knock on wood, I still have a password that works. And so I keep an eye on what's going out and what people are looking for. And I reach out to my agent and I, if I see that I have a relationship with somebody who's on there, I email my agent and say, I worked with this person on this, you know, submit me for this. And, and then I'll, if I can, I'll send an email as well. So I mean, some of my best work has come out of random, like just the day I was doing the work. And I, you know, I, one day I was watching breakdowns and I saw a director was directing a video game and he and I had done voiceover on, I vaguely remember it, but I think I, I think I did some voices on the amazing Spider-Man video game years ago. I mean, like, I honestly don't remember, but I I remember, I remember working with this director 
And so, and he was casting something and he, he was casting something based on the seven deadly sins. And they were looking for a character to play lust. And he had to be dark and sexually demented. And I was like, I can play That's you. that. And so <laughs> I emailed him and I was like, hey, I saw this come, came through today. I'd love to come in for you. And he said, yeah, I'll pass your headshot and resume along to the casting director. And so they brought me in and he was very cool about it. He like was like, he like really pushed me in the room to really go there. And I went there and I got cast and <laughs> you can Google it. I'll, I'll, I should send you the link, dude. It's hysterical. So I play lust and my, uh, and the, in the opening line is the character, the, the main, you know, the hero is walking into a room and there are all these people tied up and, uh, and he trips over something and falls over and his ass is in the air. And, uh, I say, just walking in the room and already presenting. (laughs) 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 And so it's really a lot of fun, but because of that one day sitting at my desk doing the work, I've shot four or five video games with him and I've done like, I did the last two Star Wars video games with him and, and oh, really? Battle, Battlefield 4. And, I didn't even know any of that because I don't know anything about video games. Like I've still got a PS2. I don't, I don't either, know? but he's been very good to me. And yeah, I've done the Wolfensteins with him. Like pe- oh, people cool. in the video game world, these are- Yeah, no, I, I know these titles. I just don't know the game. So I'm, I'm yeah. not familiar with So, them. and that was just from, you know, doing the work that one day, man. So will you walk me, will you do the quick uh, walk me through, how does the audition thing, watch me knock and bump this mic. Uh, it's mm-hmm. different, not in a studio. I don't know if you knew that at your own desk. Uh, yeah, but right. yeah, <laughs> how does the, how does the thing, how does it work? So you get, you get an, obviously you have an agent, right? Everyone, that's the big thing. And you know, idiots like uh, myself or most people that aren't aware, like think getting an agent is either automatic or it's like you have, once you have an agent, now you get all the roles, right? And it's, it's yeah, automatic. No. And that's I, obviously- I, one of those things is true. Yeah, I finally had, well, I'm still struggling with it. I finally thought I had the, the right one um, a year and a half ago or two years ago. And she was, I, I, it was, I had like four auditions in one day. And I was like, holy mother of God, I have finally, this is it. I've, sure, yeah. I have finally gotten where I needed to get. And then she left. <laughs> and then she left <laughs> the agency. And yep. so, um that was a real, that was, I'm just like, come on, man. So, but I'm, I, you know, it, to, the older I've gotten, the more it's up to me, it's up to my hustle. So, and it's, it's, it's my, it's watching what's being cast and it's relationships. So that's one thing that's changed for me is I'm not as concerned about relationships with casting directors, although I still am, but I am now more closely tied to creators and show creators are who are the people I need to stay close to. Sure. So like the, one of the co-executive producers of Cobra Kai, which if you haven't watched it, dude, I have seen it, you know what? And I'm, uh, I'm not mad at it. I kind of dig it. I, oh, it's my, one of my favorite shows. I mean, like for a while there, I was like the yin and the yang of Joe is killing Eve and Cobra Kai. To me, that was, I like both those shows. And look, yeah, it was my, that was my yin and my yang. Karate Kid was like my fate. Was one of my easily one of my top five movies. Uh, pre sure, yeah. Pre pre ten, sure. pre teen, yeah. yeah, definitely one of my top five movies. So I I was I was very uh, cautiously optimistic about the show, 
And I, I dug it. And the thing I liked most about it is how they presented it is how they, they really took the John Lawrence co- character and, and presented it. Like he's, he's, yeah, he's a, he's a, a dirt bag, but he's still a human being. And yeah. this, do you remember that, that whole scene about um, where they fight, where he talks about like who, who actually is the bad guy in karate kid. Totally. Where he's just like this Larissa kid. Like I was just trying to talk to my girlfriend. We had just broken <laughs> up and I was trying to talk. And then this kid who I don't know from anywhere keeps coming in and it's like, yeah, alone. And then, so I push him away and then he punches me in the face and like, I got to kick his ass. And then he just keeps showing up and he dumps all this stuff on me and like, you know, yeah, water on my head. Like I had to, I had to defend myself. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I yeah. think it's, I think for what it is, it's like, it's cheesy. It's so, I call it, I call it, you know, it's wicked for eighties nostalgic fans, you know, sure. Um, You know, it's taking this old story and flipping it from a different angle. But so one of the co-executive producers, he and I went to second city together. So he and I have stayed and it's funny. It's one of those things. It's like some of my biggest, not biggest opportunities, but some of my opportunities have come from, just sending a Facebook message that I was nervous to send, you know, it's like, I remember I was sitting on the floor of a temp gig. uh, And I was like, I was on my break. And I was like, you know, I haven't talked. I want Josh to know what a big fan I am of the show. And so I sent him a message and he immediately replied. It was like, dude. And I was like, it's like wicked for 80s nostalgia fans. He's like, that's exactly how we pitched it in the room, man. How you been? That's so cool. And we've stayed in contact and I screwed up last year. He, he wanted me to submit for a part and it fell through the cracks. It's my biggest regret of 2019. Um, but like we've stayed in contact. And so, you know, and that all came from me just doing the work again and just like taking a chance and risk and yeah. sending a Facebook message. Like this is like, I made a phone call to a, a TV show creator who I'd worked with in, in a theater play in Florida in 2002. And he immediately picked up and he was like, Hey man, yeah, let's get you on this. And so he put me on his CBS show, pink collar crimes, which was this silly reality show where they recreate crimes uh, made by women. It was so cheesy, but it was freaking two days of work. Got to dig, got to get that paycheck. I mean, you, like you can act. I don't know if I ever talked. I don't know if we ever talked about this. Like you can actually act. I don't know if you knew. Uh, well, thank you. What have you no. seen me act in? No, the thing is I had not seen you. Uh, I didn't, <clears throat> let me back up. I'd only seen you do um, spoken word, you know, and yeah. generally uh, a little more, your stuff has more lift to it than mine. You're not like, you don't write heavy, super heavy, dark stuff and nothing. Mm-hmm. It's not fluff by any stance, but like I, you know, I've, I've seen what you do primarily yeah. on a, on that microphone. Then I went and saw your graduation show at, uh, oh, did, Step, you, at Step you did come. Oh, yay. And I was sitting in that, sitting up there like, holy Joe can act like Joe can, oh. Joe actually can act. So I, you know, it's, it's, I don't think I've ever told you that. Oh no, so I, I appreciate that. I'll, I'll put that in my pocket. Yeah. You can actually act. Uh, I was, because you know, JW says I can act, and I trust JW. JW yeah. don't BS. I, I don't. JW lie. don't BS. That that's true. That is one thing that is true. I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't say it otherwise. Um, but no, like you're, I'm. I was uh, I was curious if you wanted to spend more time acting, uh, or if you were kind of more interested in just doing the spoken word stuff, which is where that question came from. You know, ten minutes ago. 
I mean, I just want to keep, if I can keep a balance between working with my friends, if I can keep working, you know, balance between working on other people's projects and continue self-creating, that's, if, if I could, if you put a gun to my head uh, and for the rest <laughs> of my life, the rest of my life, um, I just want to work with Ben Davis and Peter Alton. These are my two filmmaking and theater buddies. And I'd love to keep just creating material and performing it, whether it's film or uh, serial sitcom or, um, or theater pieces. I mean, that would, I, that's where I'd be the happiest, but I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm an actor. That's what I first sure. and foremost have always been. And I fell into the poetry community because it allowed me self-expression and it, it, it was just, it's just a better, it's just a different community than stand-up. I never, I never yeah. pursued stand-up when I moved to LA. I, it didn't have the political awareness. It didn't have the hip hop elements to it. People of color, like these were, this is what I grew up in. And, uh, and that's where I felt the most comfortable. And stand-up just, they all seemed so full of crap. Yeah. And then, you know, and, but I've, I've worked there too. And I've, and I've grinded it out in those, in those rooms, which are awful. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and it's harder. It's harder. I, you can't, you can't put a poet, put it against a standup. Standup's harder. Uh, absolutely. Standup's the hardest thing. I, I've, of all the things I've done in my life, standup is by far the, by far the hardest. Uh, and has, I would, the lowest, has the biggest rewards for the, but they come so, so seldom. Like every now and again, like when you really crush, you go, this is why I do this. And you go, I'm going to eat my balls 10 more times before I feel this again. Yep. Yeah. I, I you know, that's, it's interesting. Would I say stand up or improv, which one of those two is the harder one? Mm. I think, I think, it, I think stand up's a whole lot harder than improv personally. Maybe I hate improv. Yeah. Well, I, I, I had a, I had a hard time. I was, I did really well in improv awful at, at improv at the annoyance. I was, I did really well. Cause it was about playing character. It's like, come in, play a character, ground it, have something matter and go. Sure. Make it about you. You know, don't, don't just play you make a character, build it, put it in your body. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. That's no problem. So I did really well at the annoy or relatively well at the annoyance, uh, but I really enjoyed it. I went through all the stuff. I worked with Nick Napier. Um, I had, uh, I got some spots. Like I, I did, I did well there. And then I went to IO and IO was all just like, everybody's everybody is one all 12 of you run around and be leaves and i'm like okay so you know we'd start and i did okay up to a certain point but then you get to this place where i would sit in and just like you were talking about with viewpoints where you go create space uh be still feel that that's what i would bring into a scene because they're all the crazy flowing around me it's like i, I either got to keep up with this which i can't do which i'm not going to do or I try to bring myself to the scene. So I would try to be still and bring something a little bit different or bring a character and the teachers be like, stop. Why are you using that voice? I'm like, cause I don't want to play myself 15 times today. Like yeah, I'd yeah. rather play somebody else once, you know, that sort of thing. And it was just, it, it was, it was definitely it, but it felt like stand up in that it was a lot of uh, people elbowing each other out of the salad bar, wherever they possibly could. It was just like one big trough. And everyone's being super nice to each other in the fakest way possible, or they're being, you know, really terrible to each other. I don't know. It just, it wasn't for me. No, it's just weird. It's, I mean, it's always been weird for me. And it's to this day, I mean, all the rooms, regardless of what room I'm working in, it's just 
I'm there for the time. I'm there just for the minutes. I'm there yep, just yep. to work, work, right. whatever it is that I'm there to work. Um, otherwise I'm, there's no reason to be there. But um, do you think there is something bigger? To, is there a reason to be there? I mean, talking about connection and, and connecting with audience and that kind of thing. Like, is it, is it, okay. do you feel like it's worth it to go in and do it? Even if you're not working out new material, even if you're not trying to work, uh, whatever it is you're working, just to go in and be with the audience and just be with the people. Do you think that there's, there's value I'd, there? I'd like, I'd like to recommit in some ways to that, you know, um, my buddy, Adam, uh, in Q, he's become this very, I know, I know him. Yeah. yeah, he's, you know, he's doing wonderfully. And he's, he always would say to me, like, they, they need you back there. They need you in there. And I appreciate that thought. Um, I think there's something to be said for those of us who have been through the, the freaking, we've been through it. We know what we're doing and to go in and show people how to continue to mm -hmm. recommit to the personal and draw from something very real. I don't do it enough anymore. And I, I do miss it in many ways, but it's also, uh, there's only so many things you can do at a time. And so I, as long as I'm, my time is spent doing something positive versus, you know, a, a glass of scotch and Netflix from eight till midnight. You know, there's a little bit too much of that at times. Oh yeah. Um, Especially but, now. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, I'm still writing and, st you know, I'm still working on things or whatever, but I do, I mean, I miss, I'm, I miss part of that. There was, there was such a fun energy in the poetry community. And for me, I was lucky cause I was, I was one of the comic poets. And, so, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Did you start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you start at Green or did you start at the Lounge? Because Green came after the Lounge, right? That's an interesting question. Um, I started, Green is where I met Joshua, and I only met Joshua sure, once, yeah. but that was at Green. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, that's that whole crew. Um, I don't know. There, I mean, there was a whole. No, 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 no. I didn't start it. No, no. Oh my God, that's easy. That's an easy question to answer. No, I started at 33 and a third. 33 and a third was Jerry Quickly's open mic ah, okay. at, at the Luna Soul Cafe on Monday nights. That's where I started. Oh gotcha. yeah. Oh wow. That was a, that's a throwback. So yeah. So that was on Mondays. I probably started hitting green after that. I'd heard about the lounge. I'd heard it was really happening. And then I started hitting the lounge. I'm pretty sure. So that was, yeah. Mondays was 33 and a third. Tuesdays was the lounge. Thursdays was green. Um, and there were obviously other ones in there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I just wasn't sure. Cause it felt like there was, when I was in LA and I've spent very little time in LA relatively. Dude, we gotta get you back out of here, man. I'd love, I'd, I'd, I would love to come out. It, it, it's a thing. I don't even know what the hell to do anymore. Like I, I, I don't know anymore. There was a time in the last few years. What do you mean? Like, Tell me more. Tell me more. What does that mean? What does all right. That mean? Well, you don't know. there was a time when, uh, I just, I don't, I'm not really in the poetry game anymore and I'm not really interested in being in the poetry game anymore. I'm not, no, I'm, you're, not a, I'm just not. Um, so there was a time when it was like, Hey, I'm just, I could always get a gig. There was when I go to any city and I'd go, I need to, someone will put me up. Yeah. Somebody somewhere will call, will, will, will put me up. I can always get a gig. Even if it's not a paying gig, I always have a place to play almost every night of the week, no matter what city. Sure. I'm, in. I'm no longer in that place. So it's like, what do I just come out and go like, Hey, no one's heard of me before. Maybe you like me. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, do, I, trying to start again doing open mics is like, it's terrifying. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, 
I mean, if I mean, now, I mean, yeah, now I'm like consciously going, okay, so if we bring JW out, what do we, where can we send him? <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, I can, I mean, I obviously you come to our show, you come, yep. you know, we, we plan it. So you're here for the Joe and Joshua show. Of course. Um, we could have you, you could do music at the lounge. They'd let sure. you get up there with a the guitar. No, Maybe. There's, yeah. there's stuff to do. You have a couch to crash on. Sweet. So, is your so, roommate yeah. going to be there? Because I hear he's loud. He's very loud. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, he can hear you too, Joe. I don't, I don't think I project the way he does. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, though, I am when I'm doing the show, I mean, and that's the thing. And that's why I struggle with it. It's like from 4 to 5 p.m. or from 4 to 4.40, I am really, I'm rapping in here. You have I'm to be. I'm rapping. I'm on. I have music playing loud. So, yeah. Is he an actor too? No, I don't. I don't know. What is he, he just does. a regular person? Wait, did, how did you? How did you find each other? I don't know. Craigslist, I know nothing dude. about LA. Was it really a Craigslist roommate I'm on kind of Craigslist? Thing? Yeah, a roommate relationship is a very interesting relationship. It is a very personal yet a completely impersonal relationship. Yeah, and the I, best I struggle are... with the fact that you know I'm 46 and I got a roommate. I'd rather not, but it's a it's a freaking a grand a, a grand a month. It's so. what it is. Yeah. But I mean, roommates, the best roommates are people that you like that you don't want to be friends with. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much how it goes. I had roommates that I lived with for years, like literally a couple of years. And we haven't spoken since we stopped talking every oh, single of day of not. our lives. No, it's of crazy. Not. And it's not that we don't like each other. We do like each other. No. But it's just like, yeah, we don't need to be friends, but I enjoy you when we're in the room together. Yeah. You, you like their photo on Instagram, but that's about the extent of it. If, 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 if that, right. <laughs> so what? How, so what's? I'm sorry. I was gonna say, how are you doing, man? Oh, that's nice. What's going it's on? Nice how are you ask. fucking uh, dealing with this shit? How am I dealing with it? It's I'm doing okay. I'm. Um, I mean, you're not alone, which is great. I'm not alone, which makes it. I don't know what I would be doing if I'm alone. I I've told myself, man, there's nothing better in the world. Like if I got to be alone for a month in my house and I don't have to go to work, like man, that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if that's true. I'd probably yeah. I'd probably freak out a little bit. Um. I'm doing, I'm trying to hang in there. You know, Renee's created the, the International Space Station, so she's working. I wake up in the morning. I um, immediately, I, I get dressed right away. So I'm like trying to get dressed every day. Like I'm not doing the sweats and that sort of thing. Like I'm, I'm actually putting on pants and shirts. Uh, so I'm getting dressed. I'm having coffee. I'm, I'm trying not to stay all day in bed. I'm trying not to stay up too late. I'm trying not to do any of that. Uh, I do walk. I do go outside every day and I don't talk to people or anything. I just generally walk occasionally I'll hit a store or whatever. Um, I'm trying to create something every day, whether that be sitting here with you or, you know, I was doing all these covers. Uh, I had some followers. I it opened it up to followers. Like just everybody send me whatever, whatever songs you want to hear me cover. And I did five days. Oh, worth I did five days worth of them. And then, uh, are you done? Was, are you doing any? No, more? no, no. I'm, I've still got, I'm still going to do them. I'm just, I'm getting, I was going to like do one every day or do six out of seven days or whatever. It do is. all night thing by temple of the dog. Okay. I'll, I'll add that to the list of 90 <laughs> that I've gotten so far. Um, the problem with it, to me. Yeah, oh, I don't, I love that that's one. not my voice. Um, I, it's not my voice either. Chris, it's nobody. Chris Cornell's, it's Chris Cornell's is, voice. Chris yeah. Cornell's is no one's voice. It, it, exactly. Yeah. Rest in peace. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> miss you, Chris. Um, it's uh, <laughs> it's 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 tricky. Um, you know, the the hard part is that like sometimes you find yourself. I, I was I woke up and I was staring down the barrel of um, a choice between uh, all the tick, gun metaphors, TikTok by Kesha or um, 
some song by Avril Lavigne. And I was like, you know, I'm one guy with a guitar and you want me to do these songs and I don't like them. So I, I totally want to hear your TikTok. <laughs> well, I had just done Mbop by Hanson the day before. So oh, it was, oh, I woke up like, I can't, yeah, it's, it's on the Instagram. I was just like, I can't, I can't do this every day. So I, I haven't done one in a few days. I'm going to keep doing them. I'm also just like, why don't you put out, now that you have people's eyes and stuff, why aren't you putting out your actual original written material? Yeah, you know, Stuff like that. So um, I'm going to put out, put out more content now that I'm doing the show and everything. So I'm, I'm feeling good about it. I'm, I'm doing oh, I okay. I am following you. I was worried for a second that I wasn't following you. Yeah. No, I'm following you. I just, I'm yeah. not on Instagram enough. Yeah. I'm, it's like the only one I spend time on. I've been, I don't know. I've been dicking around with Facebook lately because it's, it's, uh, it, it, what else are you going to do? I get, who else are you going to talk to? Right. I mean, it's where all the information is right now. I mean, I'm on yeah. Facebook more than I've ever been. That's for sure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not really an Instagram guy. It's just freaking photos. But the fact that they allow you to post full videos now is great. Now, yeah, that's for, that's that's the thing that really made it different for me. I mean, these things are adapting, you know, which mm -hmm. is which is great. Um, the only thing that has never adapted is Spotify. Why is Spotify not adapted? Adapted to what? Just like things that you need for from your music service. How do you, I don't how do you feel mean? It. I, I, use, I use Spotify almost exclusively, and not because they pay me, but because I, I like it the most. Do they pay you? Wait, what? No. Dang it. No. I was like, wait, what? Well, I mean, I, um, I get, no, because, I mean, look, I haven't put out a new album in 10 years, so I occasionally get residuals from that, oh, but, gotcha. like, it's, it's, it's not often, but I'm sorry. So, like, so like Pandora, you can mm -hmm. just shuffle all your artists. You yeah, can't I don't want that. shuffle all your artists on Spotify. Like if uh, I just wanted to be like, hey, everything that I have followed, just play something from those. You can't do that. Why not? No, it's it's tough. Well, it's more for people like me that are very specific. Like, all right, I want to hear this, this, and this, or I want to find this artist, and I want you know, and you're so it's it's more it's just more specific. Like you have to do the work. It's not like Pandora where you can just turn it on, but you can I turn love, on radio. I love that about Pandora. You can and, just and again, shuffle all the artists you've chosen. And if you're, but like, I'm not, you're probably not a record nerd the way I am, where I'm like, I want to find this one album and I got to, you know, it's just, I mean, I used different. to we're be different. We're different people. I used to be a, a record nerd. My, I want to hear, the, I'm sorry, cut you off. Go ahead. What? You I want to hear, hear this. I want to hear the song that I want to hear when I want to hear it. I don't want to wait for it. I don't want to listen to a radio. Uh, I just want to turn on and I want to hear the song that i want i have i have become a bigger use user of oh this song is in my head i'm now gonna click go to radio on that song and then sure. i'll listen to that song's radio and then it allows me to like live in that time period and genre for a little bit mm -hmm. so like uh well what i do is if you're i don't know if you care i have <laughs> I have made, <laughs> I have made a, I have made a 93 XRT Saturday morning flashback playlist Beautiful for, for almost every year between 1984 and 1998. Ooh, so, is it, it's on Spotify? Yeah. So if you I'm go to my Spotify, I'm gonna go get it. I have like, down. I have like, what's, what's your, what's your Spotify? Is it Pocho oh, Joe? I don't think. I don't think you can, can I, can I make it Pocho? If it, if I, I don't can know. make it Pocho Joe, it'll be Pocho Joe. Um, but let's see. Which, which you, years just do I email, email me the link. It's just, I'm, I'm JW Basil on everything. Um, 
Yeah, 84, 87, 88, 89, 90, 91, 92, 93, 94, 95, 96, What are the playlists called? They're called 1996 WXRT Saturday Morning Flashback. They're every, they're every year. WXRT Flashback. All right, okay. Let me see. Where's my profile? Well, your, your choice is they're going to be on the uh, Busted Mouth Esteemed Audio Companion 2 playlist. Because you awesome. records today. So that's fun. All right, here. Share. Okay, I can share my profile with you. <laughs> and then you can go to it. So yeah, so like, and now I think what I'm about to do, I'm like, hmm, I've now made all of the years, I think I'm going to make now um, just the greatest 93 XRT playlist ever. So I'm going to take all of those years and throw them into one big playlist. So what is the XRT playlist for you? Oh, you just texted me. Uh, what is the XRT playlist uh, for you? So let's talk about real quickly. I don't know. We're, we're, we're rambling at this point, but that's fine. Oh, it's, I love nice, it. it's nice to see you. I don't know what to do because I'm like, I don't know what to do with radio uh, when we aren't in the same room and there's no time constraints. Um, what, what is XRT? What was XRT to you? Because we, we all have the radio station that like branded us. Anybody who's like over 30, you know, like has the, has the radio station that branded us. What was XRT for you? Well, so it started, I mean, it was the Loop FM first for me. Loop is what, 97.9? 97.9, the Loop was yeah. for me when I was younger. And then I think when I got to like maybe, I don't know, sophomore, junior in high school, which is like 89, 90, surprisingly, the years that I've chosen to start my playlists, because that's, that's when I, if anybody asks what's your favorite music, it's it's always going to go back to your high school and college years. Like you think that that's just the greatest music that was ever made when in reality it wasn't spin doctors was not the greatest music ever made, but that was what, you know, that's what was playing in college. I never bought the spin doctors album just for the record. Um, but the uh, tonight? was that the, uh, yeah, never that bought was the it. One. Never, I was yeah. never a big spin doctors fan. I was a black crows fan. I have a, I have pretty much every Black Crows album. Um, and, uh, but yeah, then XRT became huge for me, like junior, senior year. And I loved it. They had a big marketing campaign and I wore their t-shirt that said, if you don't like the rules, change them. Yeah, XRT. That was totally me. And the, sh the t-shirt was, the sleeves were rolled up and it was tucked into my pinstripe shorts. It was... Woo! And the mullet. Turn on, I apologize. <laughs> and the mullet and the earring. Oh, it's awful. So you had the awful. mullet too, huh? Oh yeah, serious in front party in the back. That was I was never fully committed to my long hair until sophomore year in college. And that's when I fully committed to it. That's wild. Until then I was like, no, 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 no. I'm still trying to play a wall street guy <laughs> yeah i missed i missed the mullet entirely because i'm just young enough that i missed yeah. the mullet uh but i did i was around for the spike i was around for the mushroom i was around for the pineapple i was around for a lot of bad haircuts of the these time things are, but they the spike you remember the spike it was just your spiky hair it was like remember okay sure know, that was just a thing when it when it when it went from punk rock to uh, uh kids at the mall like when it jumped that that thing uh the what was the mushroom was like the high bowl cut, but like the Oof. high, the high shave bowl cut. You know what I'm talking Oof. about? 
yeah. I don't know, but that sounds awful. That Woo! sounds like an Oasis haircut, like Noel Gallagher or some shit. Worse, Man. worse. Like it was. Yeah, that, that sounds awful. Real toe. Or like EMFs, you're unbelievable. That guy. Oh, oh no, no, God, no. Uh, I did have, but I mean, again, I was a teenager in the mid '90s, man. So I that whole skater thing, that whole that look that jinko jean the, like the, yeah the baggy yeah and the, like, the terrible hair i had the i had the high under undercut like it was shaved underneath my hair like steal my, steal my sunshine by lem that was your shit no it couldn't have been well no i was working uh, no i hated that song because i worked uh i worked in a kitchen and that was always the kiss fm i think kiss fm had the best signal on the shitty radio that was duct taped to the top of the where fridge. was this this was in, in milwaukee wisconsin of all places nice. i didn't live in in chicago at the time uh and it was like that that was just how it was uh was there was the top 10 at top 10 at nine or whatever top nine at nine or whatever the hell it was and yeah. nine was always cleanup time or near cleanup time on a weekday so it was like steal my sunshine uh waiting for tonight ba with the ba uh waiting for tonight yeah, yeah. okay uh, yeah. A lot of a lot of bad stuff, but like "Steal My Sunshine" was one of those. Um, you had a song on your playlist today that dr- used to drive me crazy. Uh, uh, get what you get, oh, the new radical. Totally, I was like, I was like, we can either go in one direction or we can go in the new radicals. I think, I, and I put that on there because wasn't it you who asked for one hit wonders? Wasn't it you? And then I'm sure that was me. Me. And another buddy of yours posted that track at the exact same exact time. same time. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, it was a Facebook yeah. thing. Yeah. Sometimes I, get, I like to you open get that what up. you yeah. give. That is that is maybe that. I mean, that is easily top ten one hit wonders. It's it's not, up there. It's yeah, up there. I hated it because of just how frequently it was played and how it sounded like nothing else on the radio at the time. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a Todd Rundgren song. Like it's, it's, it does all the things it's supposed to do, but I was just like, I hate that song and that bucket hat. I hate that guy. It was just, you know, <laughs> Wait, you say it's a Todd Rundgren song because it's, it, it, it's pushed because it pushes all the buttons and you, and you like it, but you hate it. Is that what you're saying? Oh, no, it just was at it the actually- time. No, no, no. I'm sure if I heard that song now, I would like it. Uh, but the fact that I heard it when I was, I was 16 years old and it was on a lot. And I only listened when I, like when I was 16, I listened to, um, cr- like cry baby, sad boy, uh, acoustic songwriters, uh, the Beatles and BB King. And that was it. Like that's Wait, all give me the, what song, what sad boys were you listening to? Oh, what you know, you're, 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 uh, you're David Gray's, your whiskey towns, your gotcha. things of that nature, you know, you talk all guy. the shit you want, man. David Gray. <laughs> no, but that's, was, that's, was that's, the, that's, that's David Gray to me, right? Uh, no, yeah. Babylon. <laughs> Yeah, right? but <laughs> right. But if you go back in the catalog before he did any of that was, stuff, like his I first, was in David Gray way before everybody. No, no, no. What I'm saying is that was the stuff that where you heard about him. But then the the three albums that were purely acoustic before that one came out were the were just the saddest of sad boys. Oh, and I would I just sit listen. around and be sad. That's my that's my city and color stuff. Do you listen to city oh, and color? Oh man, I love. I just city discovered color. city and color. I love me some just that discovered Little that. Hell. That's an album, man. Mm. From like so from the good. opening notes of that album, he is he Dallas Green is badass. He's a, he's he's a real mf And again, that's the stuff that I was into. It was that 
the Beatles and like hardcore blues. So I knew, you know, I had all the BB King records, new Albert King, like all that stuff. That's what oh I my wanted. God. In your twenties, you were into the blues. No, no. In my teens or in Joe. your teens. Yeah. Wow. I wanted to be a blues musician. That's what I, I wanted need- to do. Oh, that's, that's really freaking cool. And it that's didn't like- happen obviously because I was like, I remember at some point being like, ah, I, I was aware of the racial component at, at some point and I was just like man but that so I was trying to, it didn't matter but I was trying to play like I was in this crappy basement band and people I was like, Let's love just play, themselves some, Let's some white boys white, who right. do quote black music and Our I didn't loves want, that right and I didn't want to be one of those people that's what oh, I'm saying that's interesting uh, because we played you know I played in this bar band and all I wanted to do was play blues I was like or not bar band basement band and all I wanted to do was play blues and stuff and they're like nobody First of all, it's boring for everybody but you because you're the one who does all the singing and all the lead, lead lines and the rest of us just play repetitive stuff over and over. A. And B, like, no one's interested in this. Like, no one's interested in hearing a bunch of white teenagers play blues music. It's stupid. It's dumb. We got to knock this off. Let's just play these Black Crows covers. You know, and that's what we did. So uh, it, was, it was just different. But, like, that's all I listened to. Like, my 16th birthday, I made my parents take me to a B.B. King right show. And, like, that's what I did. Like, that was just who I was. So when I when, – where when And you, where was this? In, this was in Milwaukee at the time. So – I went okay. to high school. I went to high school in Milwaukee and then moved back to Chicago. So gotcha. um, Milwaukee and Chicago are the same damn thing. Eh, not exactly. But yeah, not when but when you get what either. you give came on the radio, I was just like, these guys. That's not music. Yeah, just this sucks, man. Play that Kenny Wayne Shepherd record or whatever, you know. It's just <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Different, right? I, I was into the uh, the only equivalent I can think of that relates to that is Delamitri. I was mm. huge into Delamitri and they're kind of slightly country rock. And sure. they were, and I was in, I was in high school when they were very popular and I loved them. But that was total XRT, total XRT influence. Um, what was the, what was the, uh, you know what? Let's just bring it home. Let's bring it home a little bit here. So yeah. like what, first of all, uh, I just asked, someone else's question i always ask what was the worst show you ever did but i want to ask both because i'm curious about it what was the best show you ever did like you don't overthink it just the time when you were like man the first thing that comes to your brain best show well the best show uh, i had just finished working on like this this solid 10 minutes of material about uh my background and i'd always wanted to do i'd always wanted to do that i'd always wanted to figure out how to do a solid 10 about my mixed background. And so I'll take one step back because I've done so I had already at that point done a lot of college shows and all I did at the college shows was poems. And so it was the next step for me was moving into standup. And so I had been working on, I, I went to, I took a class with this guy, Jerry Katzman, who's one of the best standup teachers in the world. And uh, I had created this material. And then I hosted this uh, Nalip event. And Nalip is this top, uh, it's the National Association of Latino Independent Producers. And it's like a, a very well-respected organization for Latino filmmakers. And I was the host of their awards gala. And um, I think maybe that year they were giving an award to Lupe Ontiveros who passed away, but like I did a dance for her, which was really cool. And I did this material that just 
killed. And it was just, it was like a perfect moment. And I remember walking and of course it didn't pay, of course, um, but I got free, free hotel and uh, allowance to the, to the event or whatever, which was like, sure. you know, I don't know. I, I don't think I got paid or if I did, it was not a lot, but it was like, it was exposure. Yeah. Um, which is great. But it was, it would, but I remember like, I remember there was a moment when I was clicking into my hotel room at the end of all of it. And I, and I put the card down for a second before going in and just went, wow, that went really well. That went really well tonight. And like people just really, it resonated. And, and hosting is a, I think hosting is a, is a, a very un or disres, no, I don't want to say disrespected art form, but it's not a res- underappreciated art form. There's something challenging and beautiful to saying, I'm going to take this space now for a brief moment, enough time that I am engaging with you and I am speaking for the most point, I am speaking your voice, that of the audience. I'm speaking to things that maybe you were thinking while that performance happened. And now I am moving it along to the next yeah, thing. Yeah. And so I, it was just a really good moment. And I that just, was the big one. That, I remember I, that's the, when you said, you know, don't yeah, think about first it. First thing you think. Yeah. So what was oh, the worst? Opening for John Mellencamp in front of uh, 8,000 drunk fans in Chicago. Oh, oh, okay. Well, we're definitely going to bring this home. What is the, tell me this story. So I've been a huge John Mellencamp since I can't remember. Like I, you know, like ever since I was a kid and um, like Lonesome Jubilee was a huge album for me and Scarecrow and all of those albums. And here I am, I'm this city kid from Chicago. Like I grew up in diversity and central. Like I'm not your stereotypical Mellencamp fan, but I've always loved him because he, he speaks, he speaks to a certain, he speaks to the underrepresented. Sure. And, and there are those, I have a friend who's like, you know, he'll never be Bruce Springsteen. I'm, like, I'm not trying to compare him to Bruce Springsteen. He doesn't need to be. They're different yeah. people. And I just, I, I remember seeing him representing at Farm Aid. And I just, I like, I like anybody who like represents the unspoken for. Like all I'm trying to do in my own life is, is fill the shoes of my grandfather as well as I can. My grandpa represented working class uh, Chicagoans. He was a he was the city's athletic commissioner, and he was a, a ward alderman. And his his uh, at his um, retirement party, I remember him saying, "I'm just trying to benefit the group in one way or another." And that's all I've ever been trying to do is is just represent the people of my community. Um, and so I love that about Mellencamp. And uh, I don't oh because I did I was on Deaf Poetry, I um, I shout out John Mellencamp in my piece on 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 Deaf Poetry, and it's this poem called Cool, and it was, and it came from a very organic place where I just listed things that are not cool and cool, and it was my response to what I felt um, I felt culture was trying too hard to tell me what was cool, and I was like let me let me tell you what I think is cool, mm-hmm. and one of the things I say in in front of it and. Entire, almost entirely black crowd is I say uh, 
anything by John Mellencamp is cool. And I say, that's my thing. If you don't know now, you know. And it always gets a really good response because it surprises them and, and it comes out of nowhere. And, uh, and so I was at a temp job and I was like, all right, how can I make the most of this temp job right now? I'm sitting here answering phones at some front desk. And I was like, oh, let me look up John Mellencamp and his representation. And so I found in some random ass website at the bottom right corner, it said uh, Bob Merlis Management. And I emailed Bob Merlis and Bob immediately responds to me. I said, hey, I'm shouting out your client on HBO and I'd love for him to see it. And so Bob immediately replies back and says, hey, let's go have lunch. And so we went to lunch and like a year or two, I don't know how much time transpires. Uh, afterwards, Mellencamp is on Craig Ferguson. And I say, hey, I see that he's going to be on Craig Ferguson. I'd love to go to the taping. And so he brings me the taping. And it's me, Bob, John, and Elaine, his wife at the time. Elaine Irwin is maybe the sexiest woman I've ever met in my entire life. This is... I have Wait, had you met uh, Mellencamp at this point? No, this is the first time I met him. For, oh, first time you met him was at backstage at the tape. Okay. Backstage, Don't Craig Ferguson. Yeah. And Elaine Irwin, man, I've never met somebody who she takes your hands and just goes, so good to meet you. It's mm. so good. <laughs> so nice to meet you. And you're just like, she just is so present with you. And so I watch him do his, his thing that night. And afterwards I say, hey man, like that was amazing. That actually reminds me of a poem that I've been working on. Very similar, I'd love to send it to you at some time. And he turns to me, he turns over his shoulder and he looks at me and he's like, yeah, you should, you should come on my, uh, you should come on the road with me. You should come do that with me. And I'm like looking to my left and right going, oh, he, he's, he's, he's talking to me. He's talking to me. And so there was a very small moment in I think 2007 when my management spoke to his management about me going on tour with him on this acoustic tour that he was going to do mm -hmm. that fell through the f fell through because he ended up working on a musical with Stephen King for a very small amount of time he like wrote some musical with Stephen King that I don't think ever came to fruition I wish but, it was it Right? Sorry, it was it the musical. How can <laughs> <laughs> but so, the yeah, sorry, right? So there's this <laughs> my name is Pennywise. <laughs> I hold this red balloon. Yeah. <laughs> this red balloon is my dreams. Ain't that America? <laughs> it's a you and <laughs> Oh man, that just sounds awful now. Yep. Um, and so, uh, so this this like tour thing fell through, and then uh, and then like I think a couple more years went by, and I saw he was going to be in Chicago. This is a long way to this story. And, it's all right. Uh, it's weird for. And he says, um, and I and I go, hey, like I reached back out to Bob, and I said he's going to be in Chicago on this tour. I'd love a chance to open for him. And uh, because, oh, because I'd already started working on this poem about him that, sure, I, like, yeah. had, that I'd written for this tour that I was going to like always introduce him with every night. And I was so excited. That's and so I was amazing. like, I'd finally love a chance to read this poem. 
And so I flew myself out to Chicago from LA on my own dime. They actually ended up, I think they felt so bad. They ended up like throwing me 200 bucks in cash afterwards for doing this. And so I show up, I drive up and it's like, you know, it's the afternoon and it's at the, what is it? The Capital One Pavilion? Chandler One Pavilion? I, what, you, wait, wait, what was it then? It was, no, it was, it was something like the Something One Pavilion. It's Chandler Where, One. Which one? In Chicago? Where is it? In Chicago. It was like off the beach. It was like off the lake. South. South. Oh, the, off- uh, uh, Huntington Beach or Huntington Bank Pavilion. Uh, Northern Island, right? Maybe. No. I don't know. So okay. about eight eight thousand people. Yeah. And um and outdoor. I, yeah, outdoor. Great and place I for sent, spoken word, by the way. Outdoor. Oh yeah. yeah so yeah. good. Yeah. So good for a spoken word piece. <laughs> and so <laughs> and so one I mean, I I was just having this conversation. I believe like you learn you learn less from your success. You learn more from oh your, yeah, from oh your, yeah, from from your failures, and and that's why you can't you can't ever you can't ever look at a failure as bad. Like if you anytime a comedian comes off stage and goes, "I totally bombed," I'm like, "You didn't bomb. The only way you would have bombed is if you didn't show up tonight. If you chose not to get off your couch, that's the only form of failure that really exists. Otherwise, if you were on the mic tonight, that's a success." And so I. So I'm trying to be, I'm, I'm being very in the back. I don't want to bother anybody. I don't want to interrupt you just, anything. Yeah, you're playing along. So I'm not like claiming my space. And, and this is something that I like used to teach in my hip hop dance classes. I used to teach like hip hop culture classes to middle school kids. You claim your space. You know, when you get into a circle, you claim your space. You create your circle. You walk around in a circle before you do your moves. So I didn't, I didn't claim my space. And so I'm chilling and tech is going terribly and something's not working and they're like 45 minutes behind and it's this large outdoor summer crowd and they're getting restless. And then all of us, all right, we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going. The lights go down, the crowd goes crazy. The guy takes the wireless mic he pulls out the little piece of paper that has my name scrawled out on it. I know exactly how this feels. Uh, okay. Uh, all right, everybody. And he's, and he's saying this on the mic. Yeah. All right. Give a big round of applause. Uh, uh, give it up for Joe Kolsky. I'm sorry. Uh, Joe Hernandez Kolsky. And then I got to walk out. Yep. Been there. That's rough. Not in front of 8,000 people, but I've been there. What's up y'all. Hey! Hey! <laughs> What's good? Y'all excited about John Mellencamp? Oh man! And so, so you go right into the poem. So I go. All right. This is an audience participation piece. If you're feeling what I'm feeling, please join in. It is entitled "Cool," the John Mellencamp Chicago Remix, and they're still with me. They're with me. Good. And this is a poem I've I've done countless times. But every time I do it, I revise it 
for my crowd and for my audience. And, and it, that's, yep. it's, the, the, it's the beauty of this simple premise of listing things that are not cool and cool, you can adapt it. And I've worked on it and I've memorized it and, and they're with me and it goes well. And they're like, but you can hear it in the crowd, the way they're applauding. It's like, all right, now where's John? Mm -hmm. Okay, all right, good We're job. playing along to a point, yeah. Then, then I pull out the, the beautiful little um, note cards that mm. my mom has printed for me with my website on the back, pochojo.com, because people are clearly going to see that on these note cards. Yeah. Because I don't have this poem that I had written about John Mellencamp. I don't have it memorized. I've only... Why would you, why would you memorize it? Correct. I had only performed it <laughs> once prior. I had only performed it once prior as a, as a test run at Dan Sullivan's open mic at Buddha Lounge. Yeah. I tested it out maybe two nights before at Buddha Lounge saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open for the Charter One Pavilion. Is that what it's? I think that's what it's Sure. Called. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. And I, so I pull out the note cards and go, Y'all want to hear a poem about John Mellencamp? <laughs> Never ask a question no. to which you uh, don't want the answer. And don't ever say poem in front of people if they don't and know. Your, yeah, don't use the word poem. And they go, no! Not interested. Yeah. That's All right, y'all, awesome. here we go. <laughs> and, you just, and you went for it. And you went for it. I go for it. Yeah, great. Because, I mean, I don't know what to do now. What else, what else are you going to do? Just be and like, so oh, I, okay, well, in that case, I'll go, oh, I'll just man. piss up a rope. Oh, man. And so I start reading this poem, and I'm like, I'm cutting full note cards as we're going. Oh, and I'm like, just get to the, just get to the end. Just get, and there's, there's YouTube footage somewhere out there. I found it. <laughs> of course, it exists. Oh. My name's not on it because it's somebody's random ass footage. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, um, I should actually look it up. And so I do this poem about John Mellencamp. And all right, y'all, thank you so much. Good night. And, and I get off stage and I go straight to my car and I cry harder than I've ever cried. And I, and I say to myself, like, this is it. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And, uh, and I get out of my car and, um, and Elaine walks up to me and she goes, I, I, she says something to the effect of like, we shouldn't have let you do that. I didn't realize what we were letting you do. John, during these outdoor summer concerts, can't even do his acoustic material. They, they won't, they won't. Yeah, they just eat you alive. They don't want it. They just want to hear the hits and they want to go home. And I'm like, and she says something like, that's on us for letting you do that. But you did great. And I'm like, oh, okay. Mm. And I feel better now. And I'm like, all right, good. And that's when my dad comes into the back. And I didn't find this out until many years later. He looked at me and went, holy shit, that didn't phase him at all. Look at my son. My son didn't even let that phase him. And like that resonated with my dad. Wow. And I was like, I was like, you didn't see me five minutes before. But it took my dad many years to realize like that his son suffers, not suffers, but like deals with major self-doubt. Mm. Like he didn't think I did. And I was like, are you kidding me? I'm a human being yeah. but for many years he didn't think i actually even dealt with it and he saw that moment and was like wow that didn't even phrase him because i was i remember being like oh 
it's all good. Um, and uh, and I remember I th- I did find out like the stage manager turned to somebody. I don't remember how I heard this, and he said that kid's got the biggest balls I've ever seen. And I was like, <laughs> all right. I was like, all right, I'll hold on Big to that. Line. Yeah. So yeah, hey, that was good for that's that's a great story, man. Thanks for telling it and for being. Oh welcome. man. Right, dude. I don't Thank think you. I've ever told that story, actually. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. You know what? There's always one moment in pretty much every Busted Mouth episode where like, someone, um, where we get to a place of like, ooh, I didn't plan on saying all that stuff. Uh, right. And that was yours. It happened right at the end. So that's good. Um, hey, it's, we've been talking for uh, a million years. I'm going to have to cut this down a little bit. But uh, yeah, more, than, more than anything, man, I, it's really great to connect with you and to, and to get to talk with you. And, and as weird as this felt in the beginning, I'm, I'm glad that we've been able to push through it and just connect a little bit yeah the text seems to be working now so that's yeah great. it was just i think it was just an internet issue but also like it just it, i'm still adjusting to this because i'm not i'm not good at it um but then again so i had to, ad- to yeah you. right <laughs> <laughs> but then again i had to adjust to being in a room and, and doing interviews with people and to begin with so like it's just a different different hurdle and i'm glad that you were able to to uh to do it and i i've been trying to get you on the show for a minute but it's always you're in chicago for you know short clips and sometimes it just doesn't work out but um i'm hoping to be home see and it's funny like i even just say i i say home like it's yeah, still yeah, home it'll yeah. always be home and i struggle with it because i mean i've lived here for 23 almost 24 years sure but chicago will always be home i mean hell who knows maybe the right woman will bring me back to our city i don't know you um, never know I, I i don't know um but uh yeah dude it's always a pleasure man and hopefully, oh, hopefully I'll be back more often because my nephew's there now. And I yeah. love my kids so much, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get my that. My sister is 41 and she had her first kid. And the doctors, know. all the doctors were like, no, not all the doctors, but one doctor was like, you have a 0.0% chance of having a right, kid. And like right. three weeks later she got pregnant. So, yeah. so I love this And good kid. for her, man. She's, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, she's she's a good one. Yeah. Gary's a good dude too. I mean, like, you know, you got you're good people around you. So that's that's a great thing. Dude, you're one of them, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. It's it's good yeah. that we uh it's good that we got to connect. Uh that's Joe Hernandez Kolsky. You can get him. Hey, where can they find all your stuff, dude? I know Everything's it's on the back of your Joe. It's on the back of your it's note on the cards. Back of the note cards. <laughs> I wonder if those note cards are somewhere. <laughs> Yeah. God. Uh, everything is Pocho Joe. Pochojoe.com. P-O-C-H-O-J-O-E. Yeah, it's a nickname that was given to me by a, a political cartoonist named Lalo Alcaraz, who does a, a nationally syndicated cartoon called La Cucaracha. And it's based on the belief... So Pocho used to be a, a derogatory term towards Mexican Americans. They would say, no eres Mexicano, eres Pocho. You're more American than you are Mexican. And we believe todos somos Pochos. We are all Pochos. You can't grow up in the United States without being influenced by so many cultures. So if you're like me and you grew up putting mayonnaise on your tortilla as a snack, you're a real Pocho. So <laughs> that's what I am, pochojo.com. And that's all my social media. Right on. All right, we'll follow Joe and go see him. Joe, it's good to see you. I'm going to end the call good here. See, and uh, take care. Send my love to the Love family, you very right? much, man. Love I'll you too, you man. Be good. The world is tuned in. <laughs> pull up my, 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 pull up my,
or die be the motto. Roll like a lion, kiss lightning in the bottle. Full open throttle, tips I keep on hollow. Don't fuck with the shallow, I'm not one to follow. I know, I'm automatic, real raw. Got the kind of passion these rappers kill for. The rumble in the jungle, I'm thundering the jaw. Shake it up and let it out, you can hear the lion roar. Hands up, hands up. Step up to get backed up. Hands up, we get down. Watch close as we rack up. Hands up, we take crowns. Hands up, we 